Hi everyone, welcome back to Heavenland Devotions, The Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. Well, it's always a good day. Every day it says we should praise the Lord, that we should talk about him from day to day. And there's so many places in the Bible that talks about the day to day. I just love brand new days and starting them with looking heavenward and receiving that glorious influence from the Lord in the wee hours in the morning when everybody's asleep and it's still dark outside. And then to be here and to pour out those living waters that I myself received during that time with Christ. So I'm going to pray and then I will let those living waters flow out. Dearest Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for another wonderful privilege, Lord Jesus of being alive because you live. That Lord, I'm filled with your Holy Spirit because you wanted me to be filled with your Holy Spirit. You want everybody to be filled to the overflow with your Holy Spirit. I love your word, Lord, and I praise you for you are your word. And I ask that you dwell in the midst of us, that you mingle in our spirits and that you would open up the ears of those that are wanting to hear something from you because Jesus, they're not here to see me or hear from me. It's because they know your sound. And there is a joy in the very low plains where Solomon's, King Solomon's men that were the caretakers of the sycamore trees in the low plains. Amen. So now, Jesus, I love you and I thank you. Go before me, for it's in your footsteps I will only follow. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. You know, I just want to praise the Lord for the blessed ministry of fellowship. So many mornings when I am done praying and I'm in my Bible, my husband gets up to go to work and he gets up early and and we just wind up having discussions and we talk and sometimes it's not even about what's in the Bible that I'm reading that morning, but maybe something that was in his heart or his mind. And there's just this, this blessed ministry of fellowship. Truly, that's like the Old Testament churches, how they went from house to house, all those different houses and, and the casualness of it and Everybody sitting around in different seats or on the ground or leaning against a wall or wherever it was. And there was this joy and hearing what the spirit was do saying and moving in the hearts of all that were in those rooms back in those days. We so miss that, don't we? I long for those days. And even the little bit that I experienced in the early 70s. I'm sure was nothing like those first century churches, but I say to myself, but Lord, it can be, it can be here right now, even, even in this, though it's modern and it's technology, but we could be it. Look at, look at this simple little room that I'm in. I have just this casual, comfortable place where I can come with all my heart and I could pour out these rivers of living water, like Rebecca, when she watered her father's sheep or Sarah, who kept her father's sheep. And all of us are in a way, maybe little caretakers of other fellow sheep because we're watering one another. 
with the living word. Well, this morning, I started thinking about what it said about Jesus in the word in Hebrews 7.26. And it's just a word that came to my mind. It said, for such an high priest became us who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. And I thought about that word harmless, and it appears only three times in the whole Bible. And I thought about that word harmless, and my mind went to that word in Philippians uh, 2.14, where it says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And so I feel like this word is like this river, this continual eternal stream that has passed through the centuries and through millennia and has reached us today and will ever go forth into eternity, world without end. So I thought about these words and I was saying to myself, And I have actually thought about this word, about what it really means to be harmless, because we see two descriptions here that Jesus, Jesus was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. But that word harmless just comes to me. Because, I mean, we... Those of us who have studied our Bibles long for so many decades and and we're always thinking about the Lord and we're reading devotions or people are getting flashes of light in their heart by the spirit revelation of Jesus's life. You know, we're always thinking about things he did and how he did it and where he went and what he said and what he must have been thinking. But notice the word harmless is there by the Holy Spirit on purpose. Yes, there was a side where he was angry at the Pharisees and the the chief priests and all the lawyers and everything. And he called them all kinds of names and stuff. But he didn't make any apologies for that. And yet in his holiness, at first, because it says he is holy. Holy means pure. So even in that what seemed radically aggressive, there was a holiness to it. And he was able in that holiness to stay harmless while he pronounced the eight woes in another place. Um, I think there's four woes. Anyway, but now Paul takes it to us and tells us to be harmless. And we see so much harming these days on every level. I mean, we we could take it coming from the unsaved and the godless. But there is a feature that I want to speak to you about harmlessness. And it is the root of it is holiness. And I, I I want to read a few words to you from... 1 Samuel 24. This is the story of when 
David is fleeing from Saul, King Saul. And David, uh, Saul had returned from pursuing the Philistines and he was with 3,000 men. And he turns aside to go into a cave where David himself went into with his men and they were deep into the sides of the cave. And Saul went in there to relieve himself. His men said in verse four, and the men of David said unto him, behold, the day of the Lord, of which the Lord said unto thee, behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then arose David and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily, meaning, you know, quietly, subtly. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto the men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his service with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterwards and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, David seeks your hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave. And some bade me to kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against the Lord, my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord's judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but my hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but my hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord therefore be judge and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass when David had been end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said, Thou art more he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I rewarded thee evil. And thou hast showed me this day how thou hast dealt well with me, for as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killed me not. And then I want to jump down here. And now behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. And I know that the Holy Spirit brought that to my attention because I thought about something that seems nothing really that we, we've read this story so many times. And we think, I mean, okay, so he cut off his skirt. But it says as soon after that, his heart smote him, meaning there was a conscious consciousness of sin within him. His conscience didn't suffer him to just to, 
to even do that much. And see, this is a this is a feature that has to be in you and me. We we are given great and precious promises. We're given everything that pertains to life and godliness. We live and move. We have his being by by the Lord, by the Spirit. We've been given everything, but many times we go out and we harm people. We harm other people, even the ungodly. I'm not talking about having a perfect personality and being some superhuman being that cannot sin and every word you speak is perfect. Otherwise, that would make you a fraud. Because you see, everybody that has ever lived on earth that was holy unto God means that they were pure in heart towards the Lord. And when you have touched those things concerning the king, just like David did with this earthly king, Saul, he he touched him. He didn't even touch him. He cut off a, a piece of his robe, and that was as good as killing him in his own heart. And he, it said he wept. But you see, that king looked at David, and he saw him, and he said to him, Now I know that thou shalt be king over all Israel, and thy kingdom shall be established. You see, we have an influence in our life. You have an influence over everything that you do, over every single uh, action in your life. But our outward man is only really expressing our influence that we receive by the Spirit of, the, of God, the Holy Spirit. You know, the Word of God is a judge. It says the Word of God is quick and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder, asunder the bone and the marrow, the soul, the spirit, even dividing to the asunder the the uh, bone and the marrow. It is a judge and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, we know that that David was a man after God's own heart. And see this little thing, which seemed nothing. And yet we look ahead at the son of David, Jesus Christ. We see a woman touch the hem of his garment. She didn't have to do anything. She just touched the hem of his garment. And the father in heaven had compassion upon her and virtue went out of him. You see, everything that Jesus went, wherever he would cast his shadow upon, every house, every person that he met and went to, they were influenced by him. There was a harmlessness to Jesus Christ. And we are, we are called by Paul. We're called by the Lord to be blameless harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in this crooked and perverse nation as we hold out among whom we shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. You know, there's going to be a day that we will go to heaven. And I believe those words where it says that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And when he talks about in the day of Christ means the day that we go home into heaven. You see, 
there was a moment be between Saul and David. And I believe that the power and the presence of God was there. And something happened where that great king who sinned against God in that moment looked upon the king that would be the king over all Israel with an established kingdom. You know, we have an influence and it's easy to get outside of a protective circle that God keeps us in. But you know what it says in the word? Keep yourself. Keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself pure. Be holy as I'm holy. You know, people think, well, I can't be holy, but you can exercise yourself into godliness. You know, it says unto the pure, all things are pure. But to those that are defiled, not as, as nothing pure, even their consciences are defiled. They, they, pro, they proclaim, they say that they know God, but in works they deny him being disobedient, reprobate, and in every work abominable. You know, there was some time ago where there was a person who was very much attacking me. And I think because I'm such an, I'm a much older person now, I was able to have this internal deep river of peace within. And I was able to just, and it was kind of amazing because though I was kind of upset, I felt this, I felt those deep rivers of water that run deep of peace. And a part of me started to feel kind of inflamed. And I was about to say something but my conscience did not suffer me to do it. You know, a long time ago, I used to say, well, I'm not going to say anything because if I do, then I'll be forced to have to apologize to that person. That's not the, <laughs> you know, we say these things, but I don't want to be that at all. And God makes it so you don't even have to say, I don't want to be that. You become that. As we grow older, we become more and more like Jesus. We become holy, we become harmless, we become undefiled, we become blameless. We can go about and we can be without rebuke because we know how to keep ourselves because we've been exercised by the influence of God, of the Holy Spirit, by his word and walking it out and running it out. Spending time in meditation, cleaving to the Lord, looking to him, thinking about him. I want to read something to you um, because I do believe that, yes, we are responsible for our life, but you know, Jesus Christ is responsible for our life too. Moreover, that's why we have the Holy Spirit living in us, not just so that we could lay hands on the sick and they can recover and we can cast out demons. That's almost like when Jesus said, uh, when the 70 came to him with joy saying, uh, master, we, we, uh, we cast out demons and they uh, out of people and they obeyed us and jesus didn't even respond to that he just said i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven he said do not he said do not rejoice in the fact that he he went on to say 
I'm skipping down. He said to them, don't rejoice in the fact that these spirits are made subject unto you, but that the greater thing is that your name is found written, your name is written in the book of life. The greater thing is me. Christ in us. And you know that harmlessness is not a weakness. You know what? There's so much harm that's done in trying to force people to believe a doctrine or to believe something or to, or you get offended or there's offense and there's insults because there's that offense and those insults are parts of us that must die. I love what Ravenhill said. He said, don't just go to the cross, climb up upon that cross, die. I love what Jackie Pullinger said. The principle of the gospel is this. It gives life to the receiver and death to the giver. So we are responsible. Christ is responsible for our life. We are also responsible for our influence. But how bad do you want to, to want that? I, I read this and it meant so much to me. Um, and it was written by J.R. Miller. I love these words. And he said, there is a silent personal influence like a shadow that goes out from everyone. And this influence is always leaving impressions wherever it touches. You cannot live a day and not touch another life. Wherever you go, your shadow falls on others and they are better or worse for your presence. Our influence depends what we are more than upon what we do it is by living a beautiful life that we bless the world i do not underestimate holy activities good deeds must characterize every true life our hands must do mighty works but if the life itself is noble beautiful christ-like one that is itself a benediction the worth of the influence is many times multiplied that harmlessness is actually a power there's a nobility to it there's an elegance to it and that is a feature of a king and that harmlessness is really a great strength and i pray that all of us, as we're guiding and we're going through our journey to the heavenly Jerusalem, I pray that you would become harmless. You know, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You know, we see Satan and we see the Holy Spirit, the dove. And I say, yeah, you know what? The dove soars high. The serpent crawls around on its belly and it partakes of the things of this world and the dust is its meat. And I say, no, I prefer to be that harmless dove. I remember years ago, I was always at home <laughs> taking care of children and um, I loved it, of course, you know, but there was a part of me that so yearned, you know, back then I didn't understand everything, but I so yearned. I was like, I wish I could go abroad. I would love to, 
go and you know i i was reading all these biographies you know the china inland missions and stories of amy carmichael and elizabeth elliott and jim elliott and it was so it was i felt like what could i ever do and i came across the scripture in psalm 68 i don't i, I think it's verse 10 but anyways don't quote me and it said this and the lord spoke this word to me it said the word said the lord gave the word great was the company of them that published it the kings of armies did flee apace but she that tarried at home divides she that tarries at home divides the spoil though you have leaned among the pots yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and her feathers with yellow gold and you know that just spoke so much to me and jesus just spoke those words right into my heart where we i saw like he put it in proper perspective it's like what you're doing here what i've given you to do you're dividing the spoil and a day will come that you will though you're leaning among these pots yet will you be like the wings of a dove and her feathers with yellow gold my eternity your eternity make sure your conscience is always clear make sure that that harmless that holy harmless undefiled separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens jesus christ influence you to be blameless harmless sons of god without rebuke in this crooked and perverse nation as you shine as lights in the world because that light is in you is a heavenly light and the shadow you cast on everyone like jr russ jr uh miller said will be the absolute influence on everybody and like i talked about the spoke about the aroma the scent people will remember you for the outcome the memory of you that there was something special about you they didn't understand it but they knew that there was something beautiful and that beauty is jesus christ your lord our master and savior the lord bless you